Hi and welcome to Home Education for All, or HEFA for short. At HEFA, we believe that community is the heart of home education, and so that's what we built. We built a community in the UK, helping, supporting and uplifting each other to be the best home educators we can be. And now we're coming to you via this podcast too. Stay tuned for all things home education in the UK via our amazing, experienced, knowledgeable and often hilarious team. We truly believe home education can be for everyone and we hope listening here will give you the confidence or knowledge you need if you've been considering home education. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Heifer podcast. So uh, this week on the Heifer podcast, we are covering guide eight in um, Heifer's numerous guides that exist on the Heifer group. Um, And that guide is relating to exams. Um, So (laughs) exams are always something that people utterly freak out about. Um, especially if they are deregistering um, a child who is in secondary education. Um, by the way, I have a wonderful uh, friend with me today, Katie. Say hello, Katie. Hello. Thank you. Um, because I didn't introduce you and uh, usually I do a little kind of intro and then introduce my guest. Um but for some reason, I thought that people could see us today. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's a Tuesday um, instead of a Wednesday. But no one can see you. So nobody knew I wasn't referring to you in any way, shape or form. So, <laughs> Katie, um, you have been a home ed uh, for the whole time your kids, uh, you've had kids, right? Yep. Yeah, I do. I've got four kids. Eldest is now 16. And i got a 15, a 14 and a 10 year old as well. Wow. Similar to me. So um, your kiddos have never been to school? No, we thought from basically the time they were born, we sort of always knew that home education was an option. And then through various kind of parenting and breastfeeding groups, I knew some people who are a little bit older um, and they were home educating and planning to. um, And it, it just looked quite good. And so we kind of thought about it and we read a few books and just everything that we thought about, it made more sense to be able to, you know, just do it ourselves, to take, have that flexibility, that freedom and to do what it was that was right for our children. And we're lucky enough to be in a position that we could do that. So yeah, that was just plan A and it's, it's always worked out. Fantastic. Um, So the reason that I've I've enlisted you, I've, I've, we voted you as tribute for this week's podcast, is because you know quite a lot about exams, don't you, Katie? Yeah, bizarrely, I'm fun at parties. <laughs> um, so obviously, the the home ed community tends to freak out around um, secondary education, right? It's um it's kind of this thing where um we have in our heads that education is is fun and play based and and all of those kinds of things up until about 11 or 12 and then suddenly there's this kind of idea that if we've not got bums on seats doing 
um, you know, curriculum work and things like that, that there's there's an issue there. But um, what I want to ask you is, um, do you subscribe to that idea? No, not at all. It, I mean, if you're going to pass an exam at the end of it, then it, you do need to kind of move into a phase where you've got to learn the specific things they say for that exam. But that doesn't mean you have to force it. That doesn't mean that has to be your entire life. Um, it's still, it's just moving on through that progression of what is it that my child is interested in, what's going to help them grow, what's going to help them get to, you know, eventually where they're going to be. And they don't need to be doing that, you know, from five. They don't really need to be doing that from 11 or 12. You might sort of slowly move towards that. You know, that's something that maybe 14, 15, it's going to help them. Yeah. To have those little bits of paper to get if, to where they want to go, if that's the appropriate thing, and it isn't for everybody. Um, right. But by that point, they've they've kind of bought in. They know have are involved in that decision. You know, it's their life. It's not yours. It doesn't do you any good for your kid to have a GCSE. It's it's up. It helps them to get to where they want to go. And if they're involved in that process, they understand how that is going to be of use to them in the things that they want to do. That just makes life a lot easier. And a seven, eight-year-old, they don't get that. They don't need to. No, and and for some children, um, so something we were talking about before we came, um, we started recording was that um, GCSEs are not compulsory for home educators, right? Um, and uh, I know a lot of our home educators, when they first kind of deregister and they come into home ed and they um, start looking at, you know, national curriculum GCSE content all of those kinds of things um it can blow people's minds that um GCSEs are not a compulsory thing unless you're in school um can you can you talk a little bit about that well so a school a school has got to do something that works fairly well for the thousand random kids that they've got in their building that's not your job as a home educator their job is to look out for a thousand children your job is to look out for your one child. And so what's the right thing for your one child might not necessarily fit that average. Yes. You know, all you have to do is look at what your child wants to do. And, you know, you say this and they go, well, my kid's 12. He doesn't know what they want to do. Of course not. You know, it's it's not that they're going to have a set career path and you just work really precisely to that. It's that, you know, this child, you know, what skills you know, you know where they are, you know where they need to be developing, what things are going to help them, you know, roughly whether they're, you know, whether they're super academic, whether they're going to be more arty, more hands on, you've, you've got that idea about your child. Um, and it's not about fitting that that mould that's going to work for everybody. It's about looking at your child and saying, right, what things are going to help them? What's going to open the doors that they want opened? And how do we get them there? Yes, um, because it can be it can be tough, can't it? Um, you know, we know that, you know, a, a general certificate of secondary education, GCSE, um, is kind of the the marker upon which um, further education looks. So it looks at how many GCSEs you have. It looks at um, whether you pass those GCSEs that you were entered in for um, and, and all of those kinds of things. So 
me personally, obviously, I have experience with um, a child that didn't do any GCSEs until they were in their last year of college, um, which is a very, very alternative way to go about it. Um, so they went to uh, college at 14 one day a week um, on a 14 to 16 programme, which I know is getting harder and harder to access, unfortunately. Yeah, it's um, one of those things. Some places do them, but a lot don't. So, you know, it's worth asking around locally because if there is if there is a really good programme to you and that's the sort of thing that suits your child, it can work out really, really well. But don't just assume it's going to be there because often it isn't. Yeah. Um, so they did one day a week um, doing a level one games design course. Um, and then a year later, they went to um, college as a key stage four student um, on a on a 16 to 19 course. Um, so that was when they were 15 and they didn't want to do GCSEs at that point. So the college put them in for functional skills instead. Um, now, again, what's rare is that um, a little while through their course, the college then said the, the functional skills isn't isn't pushing you. We'd like to put you in for GCSEs instead. Um, and um, my eldest chose to do one one year and one the next. So they did English GCSE and Maths GCSE. So by the time they were applying for university, they had uh, an English and Maths pass in GCSE and... Um, a level one, two and three in games design and they were applying to university for games design. So that is a very alternative path that I know um, people often hold hold that kind of alternative path up to quite a high, high um, regard and kind of go, well, if, if my children can't do GCSEs, they can just do it that way instead. But... Um, you were involved in GCSEs a lot and, and exams and things like that. Do you still see that that's a very easy path to, to follow or? It's certainly possible. And one thing to bear in mind is that if you are going, if you're expecting to do a college route um, and do GCSEs alongside, you will typically only be able to do maths and English GCSE that way. So there's the English language and quite often only the foundation level maths. So it's it's sort of something that's there to kind of back up usually a more vocational course that you're starting on at a slightly lower academic level. So obviously there are a huge number of kids that that is what they want to do. And that's a perfect route for them. Um, if your if your child is kind of quite academic, you know, if you've got a, a child who wants to be an engineer or a, a doctor or something, that's not going to be the route for them because yeah. in order to get onto those degree routes, they're going to need to have the academic A-levels and to get onto the academic A-levels, you usually do need to take those GCSEs. You know, you don't necessarily need to do that same eight to 10 across the board that they do in schools. You usually find, and it, it does vary between six forms. There are some that want eight GCSEs, but for the most part, they want more like five or six actually on the entry requirements. Um, and there's some of them where you need to do the GCSE before going on to the A-level. So things like maths and sciences, the A-level builds really heavily on the GCSE work. So they're going to want you've done the GCSE first. If you're looking something more like business or psychology, often schools don't do those at GCSE. Yeah. So they don't expect you to have that. They might expect similar skills. So they might look at how your English and your maths is 
for something like you know economics or business that's got those built in but they won't want those particular GCSEs and usually so it, there's a college website or something like that that you can look at and they'll show all the entry requirements or you can talk to the college they'll have open evenings um, usually they start around October so if you're looking for a kind of final next September entry look around October no September there'll be open evenings and you can go around have a look ask them and just find out what you're going to need to get to where you want to go and I think that's that's kind of the takeaway from every time anybody talks about GCSEs as a home edder, right? Is work backwards. Um, yeah. Look and at look at. As I say, you're not usually not going to have a really set idea, and you don't want to trap. You know, you don't want to trap your 14 year old and go, "Well, you said you were doing art, so we've only done anything that's going to allow you to do art, and now you've changed your mind." So, you know, bear in mind, kids do change their minds. I still don't know what I want to do and I'm 44 so and there's two parts to that one part is you know you can keep your options open at the time and the other part is it is never too late there's no rule that says you take all those GCSEs by 16 or that's it you know you can go back and you can add those bits in as well again schools they've got them for that set bit of time and then that's gone they've got no control this is your kid you are going to support them and help them with what they want to do, however old they are. You don't say you're 16, so we're not, you know, you've passed that point, I'm not gonna help you anymore. You're still there to support them. You're still there to help them to, to work out what they wanna do. It's never too late. Do you know what? I needed that message, thanks. That's That was for me um, more, than, more than any of the listeners um, because I'm 40 and I still don't know what I wanna be when I grow up either. Um, what I do know is that it's a bit of a minefield of understanding how mm. private candidacy works and things like that. Um, I don't want to end up going into a big old rabbit hole of that right now, um, but I'd love you to share some of your experiences as a home educator um, around exams and things like that. Have, have any of your children taken exams yet? Yeah, yeah, they have. And to be honest, the reason that I know so much about exams now is because four years ago, I had a 12 year old and I was sort of thinking they're going to have to do these at some point. And I've got no idea how to do this. And I don't know what's going on now. And it's all terrifying. So, you know, I've been there, I sat there and I kind of had to figure that all out as well. Um, in fact, I was on a podcast, then I could, we could Put the link in of me going i'm sure yes. it will work out i don't know how but i'm sure it'll be fine and i, now I think I i've am, listened i've know, listened we've done to that 10 now. it's fine it is fine it's okay you'll get there you've done 10 gcse's well not personally <laughs> my, no so my eldest has done six she spread those out over three different settings um so she did what well it was supposed to be at the end of her year nine she did astronomy then but then there was covid so it went a bit later to the autumn um, and then in her again year 10 but shifted to the autumn she did chemistry and maths and then in her final kind of end of year 11 she did physics English language and English literature and now she's at sixth form doing A levels in maths and physics and English language and English literature so yeah we, she's quite academic all my kids in various different ways are quite academic so that was always going to be you know, a route they were going to go down, but that wasn't something we did early. We were very, very like, totally informal 
just play based just enjoyed reading and learning about all sorts of things and then kind of out of that you sort of saw where those interests were kind of getting to and then you sort of start to think about subjects that fit around that that's why we did astronomy first off because in some ways it's actually quite a hard GCSE but it's what she was interested in and it's what she was kind of up for doing at that point so we just took it slow saw how it went and kind of viewed it as a bit of a trial that was my aim actually to get it done by the end of year nine was because if it all went horribly wrong I still had the option to put her in school for a couple of years but yeah as it turned out we were okay you were okay and you one down who's sort of year 11 this year she's done four already and she's doing another five this summer because we managed to find a lovely, lovely, friendly exam centre that's a lot cheaper than our other one. So it became a bit more doable to do a couple of extras. Because that's another point, isn't it? That um, mm. when you are a home educator, the um, the cost of uh, sort of any exams, um, courses, all of those kinds of things that you're interested in doing, um, they fall to you financially. Yeah, there isn't basically any help. I think there's, there's three LAs that will offer a little... A small amount towards exam fees but mostly that doesn't really cover more than one exam and it doesn't cover anything if you want courses or textbooks or anything like that that's just part of the deal unfortunately when you you choose to home educate you choose to take on all of the costs and that includes exams it does it does um which which is why it can be really helpful if you're planning to do uh you know if you're if you and your child have this um, this view that you're going to want to do GCSEs at some point, um, it's probably a good idea to, you know, start exploring that quite early. If you do have time, and obviously everyone's in a different situation, mm. you know, as to where they can, but if, you know, like us, we'd home educated throughout. So we did have that option of just kind of moving into it a bit more slowly, taking that time to kind of figure it out with some that weren't, you know, so we picked partly picked astronomy as well because he was interested, but also because it wasn't one of the like really core ones. So we kind of had the opportunity to find out how it all worked without, you know, it being one of the major ones that you that people look at. It's kind of an extra. It's a so, really good. It's a really yeah, good little sneaky plan. For, that's for costs and for the complexity because, you know, even if if the costs aren't too bad, often you've got quite a lot of travelling to an exam centre. And, you know, you're doing that whilst you're balancing other children. Yeah. So, you know, we would we did between the two girls, they did six exams this summer. And that was quite a lot. The, the exam centre was a lot closer than one we've used before. We have had, you know, two and a half hour drives and a, a stay overnight in the hotel. And you've got to do that and you've got to balance childcare. And it's a lot. You don't want to do that for, you know, more exams than you really, yeah. really have to. So that that can be advantages of reasons for spreading them out as well. So kind of like, I suppose the takeaway is that, yes, exams, uh, GCSEs, we keep saying exams. There's lots of different types of exams, isn't there? There's not only GCSEs. Um, But when, when we refer to exams in home ed, quite often we're talking about GCSEs. Um, So when it comes to GCSEs, if you have already been home educating for a little while, it can be really beneficial to kind of um, get a feel and and start doing some research on the exams wiki um, to to get a feel for sort of um, what exam centres you have around you in the first place, 
um, you know, what it is your child is interested in doing, whether the exams um, centre can accommodate that, um, and and then start exploring sort of uh, the um, the content and and all of those kinds of things. I know that is another thing that is very very confusing for people. Yeah, um, and the other thing is it, you know, just the idea of it sounds scary. Yeah, you know, but you've got to do this GCSE. It's 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 terrifying. It's it's really important. It's very very stressful. And so actually, just getting you as a parent, just getting the knowledge of actually what it looks like, what you know, what it is they're going to be asked to do, how what it is that you need to learn, because it just seems like this black hole where you're kind of like, we just need to know maths. We need to know all the maths. That's that's got to be it. And actually, if you go and look on the exam board websites, they have what they call a specification or a syllabus. And it lists like precisely the bits of things that you need to know about maths. And it's not the whole of maths, it will tell you it's, you know, doing graphs about in this particular way and knowing about the gradients and the intercepts. Um, and for, you know, history, it'll tell you which periods of history and what particular events in history that you need to know about. So that's really, really helpful because it just it just turns it from this big amorphous mass of we just need to know all the things I think um, into exactly what it is that you need to or they need to know and you need to help them to find out how to learn and you don't need to know that you just need to be able to find the resources that's going to help them to learn it because they're sitting the exam you're not it can be really useful yes. for you to like have that background to help them but at the end of the day it's them doing it it's it's not you unless you want to you can there's no age limit <laughs> Except yeah. there was a 90 year old got his maths GCSE this year. So there's never too so late. cool. I love that because, um, you know, obviously a lot of our um, home editors have been through the school system. Um, sorry, a lot of home educating parents have been through the school system. Um, and they're now at a point for, for whatever reason, they're home educating their child and they don't feel confident in being able to teach these things to their children. Um, but actually, what we're saying is you don't need to teach it to your children. You don't need to know the content as a teacher. Um, hmm. You need to be able to find the information to help your child to learn the information. Yeah. And you don't necessarily. The other side of it is people go, well, I'm going to need a tutor or I'm going to need a course. And those things can be really helpful if you've got the budget, if that's the way that your child wants to work. You know, absolutely nothing events and that can be a really really useful thing to do but you don't have to you can also just self-study it you can get a textbook i mean pretty much every single gcse will have a textbook that covers all of the things that you need to know and your kid can sit and work through the textbook and learn what they need to and you can back that up there's huge amounts on youtube and um, there's lots of free there's revision resources there's things like seneca and bbc bite size and you should be aware that those are revision so they're expecting you to have learned it in more detail and they're just kind of reminding you of key points. So you can't use those alone. And that's the same for things like CGP revision books. Those on their own won't be enough if you're starting from scratch. You will need just something in more depth, which could be a textbook, could be a course. It could be a tutor taking you through those. But it doesn't have to all be taught. You can do it yourself. Lots of people have done. Um, and you can mix and match. So there may be like some subjects and topics that you're feeling more confident with. 
you know, maybe you're good on maths and science, maybe you're good on English and you're confident doing those by yourself, but you want to get in extra help for some subject that you know nothing about, but your child's desperately interested in. So that can work too. You can just look at it on a case by case basis. Think, where do we want to go? What do we need to get there? You know, don't start off thinking, right, I've got, I need to buy a CGP book. I need to get a tutor. I need to do all the things that they were doing in school. It's like, you can just take that step back, take a breath, take another breath, go and have a look at the exams wiki, have a cup of tea and a biscuit, and then just think about where you're going long-term, where you are, how you get there. It's one step at a time. It's the only way. If you have a child that is completely disengaged and um, is really, really not looking at being able to do GCSEs at any time in the near future, um, we get this question a lot, you see, in, in group. Um, GCSEs don't have to be taken at 16, right? No, not at all. And they don't have to be taken at all. But they do have this way of opening doors to two things that are harder to access without them. Yeah, and there's... I mean, it's keeping that balance. There are always routes. And don't forget, you know, one in three children who have been in school for 12 years comes out and they haven't got you know the magic grade four in maths and english so it's you know it's not like school magically gives you these things and you're taking your child away from that opportunity by home educating them it's on you so it's you know you do have that responsibility now um and that's scary but it also gives you the freedom as i said to look at what's right for that child say right okay these are the things we're going to really concentrate on because those are the things that are really important for them. Um, and actually right now, focusing on the exam just isn't going to help with that. Yeah. So we're going to build those skills maybe in a different way, or we're going to just start exploring and finding interests so that they get that thing that is important enough to them to work towards. And then you find out whether that's going to need a bit of paper or not. So not everything does. Yeah. I mean, it is moving more and more towards that English and maths GCSE being important for a lot of things. So, yeah. you know, I would always say, unless there is a really, really good reason, it's worth just trying to get those at some point. But that doesn't mean now. It doesn't mean, you know, 12, 13, they've got to be working on that or their life is over. Not at all. It just means those are useful skills work on those useful skills and if and when an exam kind of fits into that be ready to know how to do that yeah quite similarly to to how my my eldest did it they um they weren't ready for their GCSE English and maths until 17 18 and um did them in college pardon me um this is something to bear in mind right is um that if you if you leave school uh without a pass a four in English or maths you do those alongside um, a college course don't you yeah so this is about funding for the college to be able to claim their funding if you haven't already got that grade four in maths and English you have to be working towards it or an equivalent qualification 
So basically, you still need to be studying maths and English up until the age of 18, until you've got those qualifications. Um, which is how people say, oh, you can do the GCSEs at college. It's, it's effectively using that. It's they're expecting that there's going to be some proportion of children that haven't got it at school and that they need to. But the classes are often, again, they're focused on kind of brush up revision classes. They're not necessarily teaching from scratch in the same way as you might if you were, you know, doing it on your own from the start. So you have to kind of bear that in mind when looking at that route. Yeah, it was it was really fascinating for me. It was it was fascinating and terrifying um, because as um, sort of autonomous educators, um, my eldest didn't do um, any formal uh, English and maths um, throughout the years that they they were home educated until they went to college. And um, they had a really, really, really good understanding um, via assessments to check. They had a really good understanding of English and maths. Um, they did some functional skills in in college, and then they essentially just did the re- the retake course. Mm. Um, although they hadn't ever taken a GCSE, they did a, did what is available in college, which is kind of a, a revision course um, for a year, and then you take the GCSE at the end. Um, and actually, she she found that really really easy. Mm. Um, when you say my child hasn't been working towards this exam at all yeah that's true but I bet they've been reading I bet you have been watching films I bet you've been discussing stories and narratives and you know how people present things in the paper and that is all English and you've been going to the shops and you've been working out how you're going to save up for you know the the new bit you need for your computer um you've been you know the classic you've been doing the baking but you you know it's doubling it's fractions it's percentages it's sharing it's the reason that maths and english are kind of the ones that they focus on is because they are really important for our lives and that means that they are embedded in our lives and you cannot live your life without you know being exposed to maths and english and yeah you do have to hone that and point it towards what they're looking for in an exam but you're not starting from nothing you know you've agreed you've got a lot of those skills built in it's just then pushing them into the way that and understanding it's a game to some extent you know what they're looking for in an exam are very particular things and once you know that it makes life a lot easier you kind of and again this is where the exam board websites and things like the exams wiki just getting your head around that and it just takes it takes a bit of the mystery out of it because actually you know, they phrase the questions and they mean something really specific as soon as you know yeah. that you've got that code and you're like oh okay they want me to be saying this but if you're just kind of reading it in a conversational sort of tone and you haven't read that you just might not get that and you might be writing something really relevant and interesting but just not what they were looking for yeah so you have to just kind of understand the way that it all works i know for me it's been really helpful um so my second eldest um is in school um and she's doing GCSEs this year and um for her it's been really helpful printing out the um the the scoring yeah um, so you have mark schemes you can get mark on schemes. the websites as well that shows you what they're looking for and there's also something called examiners reports and so for each of the exam series is the chief examiner will will basically kind of look back at all of the students that took that and their answers 
and they'll write a bit about it. And they'll say, well, lots of students got a bit confused here and they weren't focusing in on this really key point. So if you read that as well, it just gives you more of an idea of what it is they're expecting from you. Yeah. And that's what um, an exam is. It's, it's you performing in the way that they expect it. And, you know, it's little things like my kids, they're used to having discussions with other people who are kind of, you know, in the flow, know what's, what's there. And they didn't want to write down the obvious stuff. They're like, well, everybody knows that. But they'll think I'm stupid if I'm writing that down. <laughs> all they've got to mark on is what you're writing on the paper so I kind of had to actually tell them no just write it all down even if you think it's obvious yeah they need to see it on the paper because they don't know they're not talking to you and they don't they don't know what you understand and what you don't understand exactly and they can't unless, unless you, you tell them yeah so it's it's just that mindset it's about understanding what the rules are I really like that I, I like the the reframe of it being this game of, you know, we we have a lot of understanding of English, we have a lot of understanding of maths. What is it specifically that this that this certificate needs us to say so that we can get the certificate? You know, what what exactly are the questions honing in on and work backwards from there? Um, I like that. It hasn't changed my mind about GCSEs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of arguments either way on those but at the end of the day we're in a world where they're what people look at and yeah. what's important and you you know as I said there are always other routes but you've just got to be aware of which doors are open and closed and sometimes whether you like it or not getting that bit of paper gets you where you want to go it opens the doors that you want opened and it's worth doing for that and sometimes actually you know, we have found that by having that fixed curriculum, we've discovered things that we wouldn't have done otherwise. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be this horrible, oh, God, we're doing it because we've got to experience it. Can, it can be fun, I promise. You can <laughs> have new things that you've learned about that you wouldn't have come across. So You I've can got... enjoy it still, even yeah. though it's an exam. Yeah. Um, Katie knows me quite well and, and, and knows that I'm, um, I'm, I'm generally quite... Uh, what's the word um hateful of the national curriculum um <laughs> I, I I do understand the point of the national curriculum though and that every child does deserve to have a minimum level of understanding of of certain skills um and I think that's really important um I just want to end with something that we discuss an awful lot in in heifer functional skills mm -hmm. so um, a lot of people have this misunderstanding that functional skills are equivalent to GCSEs which they are not um, but it's not quite as clear-cut as they're not um, can you explain a little bit on that for me do you do you have that yeah sure so the idea behind functional skills is that they were designed as an adult qualification to just sort of demonstrate again those but those level of, of skills in maths and English um, so there um, there's this regulator called Ofqual who sort of is in charge of all of the official qualifications that schools and the government generally fund in England and they put things into different levels of difficulty to sort of give you an idea of where they are so things like 
A-levels and T-levels and some of the BTECs that you would normally do kind of 17, 18, they're a level three. GCSEs are actually a level one or two, depending on what grade you get. But you sort of usually refer to them as level two. Um, and fun so functional skills, they come in different levels. When you're talking about them as equivalent to GCSE, you're talking about the level two functional skills. So that means that they've said it, it's about the same level of difficulty. So, you know, you're asking the same kind of you know, sorts of questions, but it doesn't cover as much. So it's it's a much more focused on the sorts of things that you need for work, basically functional skills. Um, whereas math GCSE or in, in the English GCSE are a bit wider than that. So in terms of content, functional skills is, you know, roughly half kind of the breadth of a GCSE. So from that point of view, they're not equivalent. Um, and they're kind of getting at different things. So if you're looking at A-levels, where they want that wider kind of academic side of things that is in the GCSE and isn't really in the functional skills, they won't usually accept them as the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, they're not the same thing. They're targeted in different ways. Um, if you're looking at a more vocational course at college, the best thing to do is to ask them. Yeah. Because usually in their entry criteria, they will still say GCSEs because they're targeting that at children in school who don't take functional skills. They take GCSEs pretty much regardless of what grade they're going to get. So you would need to talk to the college and colleges set their own entry criteria. Yeah. So there's no like hard and fast rules. You have to talk to them and they can vary that. So you will often hear people who've gone in, had an interview, you know, shown them other things that they're doing, particularly the things like arts gone in with a portfolio or something colleges can make those decisions but they don't have to yeah so you can't say well i'm home ed I, I haven't taken any exams you've got to let me in anyway it doesn't quite work like that there will be a course that you can get on but it might not be the one that you want and that is best suited to you you know that the college is within their rights to say look everyone else who does this course has got to get these grades so do you so you can ask but they can say no um, it's that negotiation so it is. having said that functional skills are the right route in some cases but you've got to just look at where you're going and check that they are going to be the right route for you and they're also not necessarily easier so in particular the maths one um people often like, go for the maths if they're not as confident on it but the feedback that i've got is the questions are actually kind of a lot more wordy because yeah. they're looking at bringing them into real life situations and so they're sort of describing, you know, some kind of workplace, real life situation when actually you might find it easier just to be asked to sum, basically, rather than have to work it out from real life. So it's one of those, there's again, there's no hard and fast rules. It will suit some people. It won't suit others. You need to go and have a look at it. And um, you often get that there's other level two awards as well. So things like the arts awards, which are often put up because things like art art, music and PE, practical GCSE subjects are really, really hard to do as a home educator. It's sometimes there are ways if you work through a tutor and you've got a particular exam centre, but it's usually expensive and difficult. So there are alternatives, but it's the same thing. They're not directly equivalent. They can develop those skills and they some colleges may take them, others may not. So you need to just look at what's what's available and where you want to get to. I love that. I could honestly I know you said earlier that like you always run over with Sarah because like you just go down rabbit holes and stuff I I get it 
I, I do get it because I could just listen to you talk about it. I don't. I, my 14 year old it has no plans to do GCSEs. Um, he does have plans to do functional skills. He's working on functional skills level one currently. He's mo- he's he's going to move through to level two at whatever point he gets there. Um, and he might once he's built that confidence, um, he might then look at the GCSE stuff and go, oh, actually, that's a lot easier. Um, but yeah. right now, that idea is just not a thing. Um, and he is not academic so it makes sense for him to to follow the path that he's following at the moment if he gets to a point where he finds that there's something he becomes really passionate about and that leads him into academia fantastic like that's cool but for the time being I mean he's 14 it's it's not a a a decision we need to make right now um and it's it's also I suppose because I've spent many years sort of de-schooling from this idea that there are certain ages that we have to do things at, um, there's there's less pressure in our house that, that, that it has to be done by the time he's 15 or 16. You know, there's there's lots of options open to him as he goes through his his older education. Um I can't remember where I was going with that now. It's completely gone. Um, but yeah, I can I can see how you can end up just talking about it for days. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it is interesting. Yeah, and the other thing I was thinking about that is also don't don't close off too soon. Yeah. So you hear people say, "Oh, my 11, 12 year old, I'm pretty sure they're, they're never going to be able to sit exams." It's like kids change so much between 12 and 16. They're utterly different and again it doesn't have to be 16 it might be 12 and 17 or 18 so just don't you don't need to make those decisions either way nice it's it's all skills it's all learning just take the skills and the learning you know work on them see where it's going to get you you don't have to make those decisions in ever basically except you know you need to make them for the next six months because if you want to do an exam in the summer you've got to work towards that you've got to put an entry in but you there's a whole lifetime you don't have to decide what's going to happen for all of it when they're 12 yeah um and I know that can be hard for people to hear because you know you're already an outlier when you're um, mm-hmm. a home edder you know you're already doing things a little bit differently or a lot differently um and then on top of that you've got sort of everybody around you their their children are moving into secondary then they're moving on to doing their options in year nine then they're moving into the GCSE curriculum Mm. and um it can be hard to not compare that timeline to to your own children um but actually the beauty of home ed is that you can do it however is right for your child and don't get me wrong I've always got a plan I've just I know that that plan could also change. I've normally yeah. got three or four different options. It's like, we'll probably do this, but then there's this. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll all change and we'll end up on plan Z. It's happened before. Yes, us too. We uh, we had a very clear path um, that the 14-year-old had chosen and was working towards. And then uh, it kind of petered off. And we were already, my husband and I were already kind of like, hmm. I'm seeing this and I'm seeing this. Um, and then we kind of just went, so that plan. Yeah, no, 
right okay cool new plan new, <laughs> new plan, plan. <laughs> and that's fine um and that's and that's the beauty of it right um but i do i do agree i do think this um this kind of clampdown of of you know english and maths um being of utmost importance is um not only happening but also correct to be happening um I, I don't necessarily agree that it has to be a GCSE but um you know we also appreciate that the world we live in right now is that GCSEs are the be all and end all um with other options available around the sides um so yeah it's it's that it's that very clear kind of keeping your hand in on literacy and numeracy and building on that and knowing that having those um definitely opens more opportunity um with with it not being quite so difficult to to kind of negotiate around things um but if you don't have those there are other options it just means that you you might need to work a little bit harder at it that's it it's like there's there's the quick path and there's the long path and yeah they're both paths they're both fine you've just got to decide which one you want to go for i'm and gonna stop talking bear in mind you might change <laughs> <laughs> yes um i've just realized that we've been chattering for 45 minutes instead of 30 so um, well done you uh for taking me over and into more <laughs> exam rabbit holes than I expected to go down today. Um, for those of you listening, uh, we have Guide 8 in Heifer. Um, Guide 8 has everything pretty much that uh, you could think of with links to all kinds of different external places like the exams wiki, the um, the Home Educators Qualifications Association um uh webinars um are they called webinars katie yeah they're basically me and sarah talking about exams <laughs> <laughs> so those there's links to those um there are links to other groups that may be helpful for you there's exam groups um on facebook there's specific um groups relating to specific subjects there's yeah. there's so much available and so much support available for if you are considering exams I'm in all of the exams groups despite um not knowing whether or not my child my children will move into doing GCSEs at any point um because I think it's important to have that biosmosis just that understanding coming in over time um so that if they do turn around and throw me a curveball I'm like okay I've got this I know where to yeah, go for the more information you know, the better decisions you can make exactly you know, it doesn't mean you have to make the same decisions as everyone else but you'll know you'll know that you could do that or you could do this and then you can make your choice yes for those of you listening we are um heifer we are home ed for all we're available mm -hmm. on twitter on facebook on instagram on the podcast um and everywhere else you can think of actually i think we've got a website we've got all the things um so yes do come along to the group ask any gcse questions the the first thing that i would ask you to do though is to go to group to guide eight um read that guide um 
don't read it all in one go. Don't click on the exam wiki and go, oh my God, like I did. Um, have a heart attack and just leave. Um, just pick one thing, one thing from there and have a read. And then the next week, <laughs> once you've recovered, um, click another thing on there and have a read. Um, to get an understanding of how GCSEs work for home educators, whether or not you feel it's the right path for you and your family. Um, and, and it's all about the research before the action. So, yes, thank you for joining us. And uh, I will see you next week for another uh, podcast with Heather. <laughs>